Welcome to the Straight from the Crest podcast. Welcome to episode four of the Straight from the Crest podcast. A little different setup today. Uh, Garrett's joining the show virtually uh, via Zoom, and we're going to talk about Penn State's win over Villanova and preview the game against Indiana this weekend. Garrett, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Good, good. We'll see how this turns out. Uh, like, like I said before, uh, where we are doing this over Zoom, we are not in person, unfortunately, due to our, our busy travel schedules, trying to bring you guys the best Penn State content possible, which thanks for bearing with us these few weeks. Uh, we, we have some exciting guests that are going to join the show over the next month. So uh, you guys are going to be in for a treat, to say the least. Um, so just to recap, Penn State 38, Villanova 17. Garrett, uh, they, they got the win over the sixth best team in FCS. What are your major thoughts from the win? Yeah, um, not not a ton to take away from the week. Uh, the, the passing game continues to look pretty good. Cliff played well. Um, you know, second uh, career um, 400-yard game for Penn Stater, uh, passing the ball, uh, joining Christian Hackenberg as the only two Penn Staters to throw the ball for 400 yards in a game. Um you know, he looked really solid out there. And, uh, yeah, the, I think the only question mark continues to be the running game and whether Penn State can, can get that going as we get, you know, more into the heart of the, of the, Big, Ten, of the Big Ten schedule this year. Sure, and let's, let's jump right into that, that run game. Um, John Lovett led the, the team with 45 yards rushing. We saw Noah Kane for a series. Uh, we don't know if uh, it was an injury that kept him out or uh, they, that's all they wanted to see from him and didn't want to risk anything more. Um, they, they gave more reps to other guys, but like you said, it was lackluster, which is pretty concerning considering it's an FCS school. And the deeper you get into this big 10 schedule they're on now, that's just something to keep in mind. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's certainly something um, that needs, that needs watching uh, especially if this team is going to try to, compete deep into the deep into the season and try to make a playoff run this year. Yeah, no doubt. And um, just to, to wrap up some more offensive, uh, Parker Washington and Dodson both were over hundred yards and just phenomenal after the catch, the tight ends, uh, only four total catches, uh, one by each of the starters, Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson. And then the two backups came in late. So a lot of wide receiver play, but the run game wasn't there. And I guess that's where we're going to start. Garrett, just third and, does uh, three for 12 on third down concern you at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit, especially if you're playing an FCS opponent. Um, like, but again, you know, it, it's hard to take a ton from this week. Uh, I think Penn State probably could have picked the number that they wanted to win by. Um, you know, it was it was 38-3 before Villanova scored a couple late touchdowns. Um, you know, Mike, you know where I stand on, on you know, letting teams just kind of get garbage touchdowns late. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm watching the rest of the college football landscape and, you know, Alabama's going and winning games 63 or 14. Uh, Georgia's winning 62 to seven against Vanderbilt or 62, nothing. Um, I, I would like to see us. Um, I'd like to see Penn state, you know, not run up the score, but finish game strong. Um, I don't care who you're playing. And so, the, some of these stats might be misleading by the end of the game. We had third and fourth stringers in there playing against Villanova's first and second stringers. Um, and I understand the argument of, you know, resting guys and, and letting them, um, you know, making sure they're healthy going forward. Uh, you, you also have to look a little bit around the college football landscape and see, you know, did, what are some other teams doing? 
And if they're going and taking care of their business convincingly, I think Penn State as a number four team in the country should also, you know, be looking to play a more complete game against some of these teams rather than, you know, we're going to play for two and a half, three quarters and then really pack it up. Um, with that said, uh, you know, I, I, I was with a, a friend who is, you know, deep within the program. And, um, you know, he was telling me that, you know, coach Franklin was, was laying in a little bit on the second and third string guys telling them, Hey, like you get your opportunity. You gotta, you gotta come in and you gotta show up. Um, Villanova is a good team. You're not just going to, I just, I have a Penn state, um, you know, scholarship or I have a Penn state Jersey or whatever. They're just going to lay down. That's not what's going to happen. So, um, you know, this was an opportunity for some of the second and third string guys to get some run and, you know, maybe next time they'll, they'll take the opportunity, um, maybe not more seriously, but, you know, with, with more respect and, and, you know, respect the opponent a little more, it looked like in the fourth quarter, things just got sloppy for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, to your point, I think the measure of a, how, how good a team really is, is when you're playing these uh, not so great opponents, it's not whether you win, it's how you win. Obviously Mm -hmm. Penn State's going to win the game outright, but it's, it's what's the margin. It's you got to beat the bad teams by a lot or otherwise you can't stoop down to your opponent's level. Um, and like you said, I think it was a tough spot, honestly, to, for Penn State to be in. You're coming off a big win against Auburn. You're opening up at noon. It's kind of like a, a sandwich game. I mean, they have a big, big game against Indiana. Maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe it was the noon kick. It was, I mean, it was the energy in the stadium felt low. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't seem like it was all there. And uh, personally, in terms of play calling, I think this was Mike Yurcich's worst game in terms of offensive play calling. I thought Penn State was far too predictable. I thought when we got into the second and tens, it was automatic run up the middle. And Villanova's defensive line said, all right, I'm going to push you into those long thirds downs. And I think that's why the numbers skewed there to begin with. Did you notice anything from a play calling standpoint uh, from the first three weeks to the game against Villanova on Saturday yet? Yeah, I, I felt like the play calling was um, just sort of vanilla. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that Penn State probably did not, you know, put themselves in the, you know, did not do a great job of putting themselves ahead of the chains. Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the failure to really get the run game going. Um, and again, I, I just don't know. I, I think you make a good point. It's just kind of, it's a weird, weirdly scheduled game. Um, you know, Penn State's already been on the road at Wisconsin, played a great ball state team, played a really solid Auburn team. Um, and then just kind of out of the blue, the plays a very overmatched team. Um, you know, maybe Penn State was looking to not really show their hand and expand the playbook even more um, going into, you know, a slate that you, you we're going to see, uh, you know, Indiana this upcoming week come into the Beaver Stadium. And obviously in a couple of weeks, a big game against Iowa. So I, I just don't know how much you can take away from from this game. Um, and maybe we're reading a little too into it. I, I would say that the, the two stats that are concerning to me are three for 12 on third down. And then, um, you know, not being able to run the ball for more than three yards per carry against an FCS opponent. Um, clearly this, clearly this team is very comfortable throwing the ball. Um, and, you know, your you know, having a big 12 background, um, you know, being at Oklahoma state and then being Ohio state's passing game coordinator. Um, that's great. I love that we can throw the ball. Um, I don't know a lot of big 12 teams that have went and won the national championship, just throwing the ball. You see a lot of teams go out there and you have to be able to, you know, run for through 250, pass for 250. And so yeah, um, where I think we just got to look to see if we can establish a little more balance 
uh, moving forward in the next couple of weeks. And I would not be surprised if going into the Indiana game, a, uh, a real, um, you know, they'll make a real concerted effort to try to get things going on the ground, um, depending, yeah, and, on, uh, depending on the health of, of the running back group. Absolutely. I agree entirely. And just listening to uh, Franklin's post-game press conference and him today, uh, I think they want to go with three guys at running back, which I love uh, the running back by committee because they're three talented guys. The talent's there like you said, but the production has, has been lacking. Uh, just a couple notes on um, the offense before we move to the defense. Uh, Jahan Dodson right now by PFF standards, the number one rated wide receiver in power five, which is it's like, it shocks me a little bit, but I mean, the guy is just, he's a baller. Like he has he's strong hands, great off to the catch. Great. It's, it's been a while. I mean, KJ Hamler was, was great. And I mean, he tore his ACL yesterday uh, awful for him, but he was, a, he was a special player at Penn state, but it's nice to have a playmaker there and just wanted to uh, say kudos to, to uh, Villanova's quarterback, Daniel Smith. I mean, 222 yards, two touchdowns, granted the two touchdowns, like you said, they came late in, in garbage time. Like the score is not indicative of how close it was. It ended 38, 17 uh, stout had a missed field goal. They resorted to kicking two field goals in the red zone. It, it could have been 54 to 10. Yeah. Um, so but um, let's let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I thought they played well uh, from a overall standpoint. We got to see Keaton Ellis make his season debut. Who he impressed. He looked stronger, bigger, faster than he did last year. Who stuck out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, well, I I, I think that you know overall the defense, um, the front seven looked good. Uh, you know, defended the run a little better than weeks past, um, and um, I, I think that. You know, a couple, you know, notes that I would have is you know, Kalen King, the freshman, got burnt, um, you know, in the fourth quarter uh, just on a fly route. Uh, things like that, you know, can't really happen. But I, I think overall by committee, the front seven looked really good. Um, the first six drives, uh, I believe Villanova was held uh, under six yards each each of the first six drives. Um, you can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's my my little defensive stat that I had for this. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that the front seven really, really balled out and, um, and yeah, again, just to go with the pattern, you know, when guys are able to come in, when freshmen are able to come in like Kalen King, who's a very, a very talented corner and has gotten a lot of spot minutes in big situations this year. Um, you know, you, you can't get blown by in a fly route. Um, when you have no help behind you, you have to, you have to be able to, you know, keep the, keep the wide receiver in front of you, um, you know, get to your spots. Um, however, our secondary coaches are, are teaching. It clearly was not the case when, you know, they just flew fly route, uh, through a fly route right by. So just little things here and there, um, you know, nitpicking. But I thought the front seven looked good, defended the run better than, than weeks past. Um, and I think that's something that they can, you know, maybe build on going forward. Yeah, totally agree. The, uh, the, man, the man coverage was a little concerning just because, like you said, we're going to see some great wideouts um, in a few weeks at Columbus and this weekend fact at Indiana uh, and Nova's wideouts were nothing compared to the big 10. Uh, one place stuck out for me and I'm sure you'll remember it was uh, Tariq Castro fields. Uh, it wasn't, I'm going to give him the interception, even though it was Jair Brown who caught it. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a oh, third yeah, quarter. I exactly what you're talking about. That was an NFL caliber play. When I say that, I mean, it was selfless. It was, 
uh, it was a deep ball and he, Tyreek laid out, Tyreek laid out for it and just popped it up in the air. Cause he saw the safety Jair Brown coming in and they got the interception, but that really just seeing that, I mean, the guy's going to play on Sundays. Me and you know this, we talked about how special he was, but that really was a play that made me say, okay, like this dude's a stud. So that was a, uh, that was a, a great play. Um, you know, watching it on replay, you know, elite uh, ball finding capabilities and, just able to bat the ball right to right to the safety. You're right. Castro Fields made that play, um, you know, happen. And yeah, that was a that was a a um, an elite level football play that we got to see uh, Saturday afternoon. Absolutely, and it's back to the Big Ten this weekend. Uh, we got the stripe out at Beaver Stadium for the Nittany Lions. They welcome in the two and two uh, Hoosiers of Indiana. Indiana has a loss at Iowa and at Cincy both by double digits and then uh, a narrow win last week over Western Kentucky. Uh, the line opened up at nine and a half. Like you said, before we went on, it's moved up to about 12 right now. I would think it's going to go higher. Um, I think people are going to react to um, the more. They're going to react more to Indiana's performance against Western Kentucky than Penn State's against Villanova. Um, so Garrett, just from a very brief standpoint, where what kind of team is Indiana and what kind of team is Penn State going to have to go up against this weekend? Yeah, you're going to, you're going to see similar names to who you saw last year um, for, for the Hoosiers. Uh, and obviously we all know how the, the game went last year for Penn State and Indiana, the controversial two point conversion, the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Michael Penix is still the quarterback for Indiana. He has um, athleticism, some good capability, but you know, he's thrown four touchdowns and six interceptions. He's not been able to take care of the ball. Um, really has not had a great season. Um, Ty Freifogel is still their, their leading wide receiver um, and, you know, a good athlete, a good player. Um, a big issue that they're going to have is they lost DJ Matthews this week, uh, who was their third leading wide receiver. Very good, uh, you know, very good target for the Hoosiers. That's really going to start narrowing the, the targets and, and the, the weapons that they're going to have. So they're coming in a little shorthanded. Uh, coming off a, a a win against Western Kentucky, that was probably closer than they would have liked. You know, Indiana had a lot of hype going into the season. I, I think that they have they are a a solid middle of the road Big Ten team, um, but if they're not going to be able to take care of the ball, it, it's going to be a long night for Indiana. If they do take care of the ball and Penix is able to make some plays uh, with his feet and with his arm, uh, you know th this could be a similar game to what we saw. Um, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago against Auburn, um, you know, maybe not as close, but in the, Indiana has the firepower as we saw last year, they were able to beat Penn state. Um, they have the firepower to, you know, ward Penn state's respect. Penn state needs to play a good football game, a good clean football game this week um, and not look ahead to the, to the massive uh, matchup in a couple of weeks in Iowa city against the Hawkeyes. Right. And like you said, uh, they're, it, it feels like it's going to be kind of like the Auburn game. Uh, they don't have the roster, but they do have Tom Allen, who has my respect. He's completely transformed that program. Uh, Michael Penix is back. Uh, he He's coming off an injury, and, he, and you can tell he doesn't look the same. He's a gunslinger. He's going to try to run a lot. But um, like you said, he, he throws a lot. He has six interceptions already. And just playing against a talented secondary like Penn State, uh, it's going to be it's going to be close. And actually during uh, Franklin's press conference today, he gave tremendous credit to Fry Fogel, who I didn't know this Penn state recruited him heavy. I, yep. I had no idea. And so yep. he's, he said 
he has a great relationship with him. I, and Fry Fogel, guys, is a big receiver. Um, he's going to give Joey Porter Jr. and Tariq uh, a challenge on the outside, truthfully. Yep. And um, on the defense, uh, Taiwan Mullen, uh, just a couple quick facts. It's actually Lamar Jackson's cousin. And brother, uh, yeah, and his older brother actually starts for the the Raiders. So he's a stud. He's a they blitz him. They kind of use him like he's a he's a Tyron Matthew. They they okay. they blitz him off the edge, and uh, he's a great tackler in coverage. Um, but that's what to expect this weekend. But I will say this: my prediction, my stone cold bloodlock pick of the week for this game, Penn State is going to sack him six times. Wow. Okay. Yeah, six what times. A... That's my. Yeah. Um, I think Tar Burton and uh, Arnold Ebiketti are going to have a field day because Phoenix is going to want to drive. Interior D line is going to push them, and I think uh, Penn State secondary is going to do it. Uh, Indiana also, just a quick note, they're not great up front on either side of the ball, and so I think for that reason, it's going to create a tremendous opportunity for the Nittany yeah. Lions. Yeah, um, and I, I think you know to to both your points about um, you know being able to get pressure up front. And, you know, Penick's ability to, to run after the injury, uh, 15 carries for minus 32 yards this year. Um, so clearly he's been, been getting sacked and has not been nearly as mobile as years past. Um, and so, yeah, I think that this is, this is a great opportunity for the Nittany Lions to be able to go out and establish some dominance at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm not sure that they've won a game at the line of scrimmage so far this year. Um, you know, they've maybe on the defensive end, um, you know, you know, going from the offensive ball to the defensive side of the ball. Um, we haven't been able to get the push up front, like we mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think Tar Burton, uh, Abiketti, uh, are, are going to be able to have the opportunity to get, to get to the quarterback and, and make some plays. Uh, six is a big sack number. Um, so if we're setting the over under there, um, you're leaning you set it at five and a half. Mikey's going for the over. I'll take the under, <laughs> but I'll take it at five. I'll take it at five. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wait. I'll hold off a little bit on the excitement on six sacks. If we, there'll be a lot of zombie nation playing if there's six sacks, but maybe, you know, you something know how much Frank, hey, you know, how much you know Franklin something? likes that zombie nation to be uh, played. Yes. Yes. We, hear, we have inside <laughs> sources that he loves that. Song, yeah. So. Yep. That's funny. Uh, just a couple notes outside of last year's game. I mean, Penn state owns the series 22 to two all time, including, like you said, last week's last year's heartbreaking loss, which, I don't know that uh, that pile on Cam this weekend. That guy's gonna have a big responsibility. Whoever's running that, yeah, that's crazy. Do, do we do we know that guy? That's uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, but uh, yeah. So let's we, uh, um, make sure the people at, at home on watching on ABC they look very closely as to who is who is managing the pile on Cam. We'll see. I heard. Yeah. I, I heard he's doing a great job at it. I hear he's a good looking guy. Nah, yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far with it. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, let's uh, before we do predictions for our game, let's play yeah. our favorite game. Unfortunately, our friend Jason isn't joining us this week to sing Toby Keith and draft Toby Keith twice. Yes. Uh, we will draft our favorite Indiana alumni. Mm -hmm. And uh, since you went first last week, I figured I would I would selflessly nominate myself to go first this week. Yeah, that's very. And we'll that's do very snake. We'll do yeah. we'll snake it. Um, I of course go to you for twice and then back and forth and so on. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think with my number one pick, one one, I'm going with Mark Cuban. And I think that's a great uh, pick. The cubes. So the cubes. I think I think there's some talk that he might be at this game. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I think he has a couple hey, other things. To Pennsylvania do. native. 
Pennsylvania yeah, native. Absolutely, maybe. yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm going to go your, with uh, your first pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michael Higgins, uh, president, current president of Ireland. Okay, wow. Would not so have, they have the luck of the Irish. They have the luck of the, the Irish. Hey, it's okay. Hey, in the uh, what I don't know what's going on in the state of Indiana, but Notre Dame says they have the luck of the Irish. Indiana has in the IU has the president of Ireland. Yeah, um, I'd be careful to make sure that you know we don't lose Indiana to to our friends over in Ireland. The the U.S. government better be careful. So I think they need to lock it down. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they they are you know a colony of Ireland or what's going on there, but yeah. Old Michael Higgins, he's uh, he's running things. He's running a tight ship over there in Ireland. All righty, and then Garrett, your second pick. <sighs> All right, um, there's there's not a lot of there's more it, than Villanova had. To be fair, I don't know if I'm not if I'm looking in the wrong places or or what, but um, can do I do I have to go? Do I can I go with uh, former Do you want Indiana. to defer your pick? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll defer my pick right now. You can have my pick. I'm going to trade your pick. Okay. I'm going to trade. All I'm right. going to trade my second round pick for two third round picks from you. Deal. All right. You ready for this next pick? Yeah. Oh gosh. John Mellencamp. Yeah. Okay. Number two for me. Okay. So I got a pretty good roster. Mark Cuban. John Mellencamp. It's a great roster. Um, yeah, clearly I was I was not as uh, as prepared as you were for Indiana. Um, I, I I'm having. Research. Oh, okay. You know what? I got my. You can't day. pick their basketball warm up pants either. That's... Okay. I, well, can I pick a basketball player uh, if he's yes. an alumni? Okay. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with Isaiah Thomas. Okay. The one who played for the Celtics, correct? Yes. Uh, no, not that one. No, not that one. No. That one, oh, I God. believe, played for the University <laughs> of Washington. So he's out west. Um, and then a little shout out. Um, we, you know, we have a soft spot in our hearts for Tom Crean, who used to be Indiana's basketball coach, um, now at the University of Georgia. Um, the man, the absolute man. So um, no longer there. And then also Lee Corso, former head coach of. of wow, Indiana I didn't know University. that. That's a good yeah. pick. So, um, you know, not an alumni, but someone who uh, we love Lee Corso. We love his headgear. And uh, he's uh, the Sunshine Scooter. He's the man. So. There's a couple, not alumni, but throwing some names out there that have some Indiana ties. All righty. So. And uh, we'll do one more round here before okay. we get into our predictions. Uh, I This is a tough one. I have two written down. I'm going to go with Antoine Randall-L. Um, okay. Every okay. Steeler fan you know will, will tell you how he used to play quarterback in college and he threw the pass to Heinz Ward in the Super Bowl against Seattle in 2006. Uh, it's a nice name. Uh, he was fun to watch. He was like the first – one of the first players I remember watching on TV uh, yeah. with the Steelers. So that's my yeah. pick and okay. my honorary pick. Uh, I'm throw a uh, more in here. Jamie okay. Boyer, the left-handed <laughs> pitcher from the Phillies. Okay. Uh, who I was, I was pretty shocked one there, but uh, yeah. I used to play with him. Video game. Baseball powerhouse. He's yeah. the goat. Yep. Um, my last pick, I'm going to go Joe Buck. Okay. Joe Buck. Lo- love some Joe Buck. So um, yeah, there we go. So there were our picks. Um, we're going to do this every week uh, up until the last game and probably through um, the college football like playoff. 
we'll do this. It's a fun game. Jason probably will be back on again. Yeah. It's kind of sporadic when he joins because he doesn't really tell us. He just walks in and says, starts singing. So we'll yes. we'll find another shot for him. But like you said, Garrett, this line's rising. Um, the over-under right now is 53 and a half. How do you see Saturday night's game going? Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, again, it being a night atmosphere is going to help uh, the Nittany Lions. I think I think it'll be – revenge will be on their mind. Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to take this lightly. I think that there's a lot of a lot of returning guys from last year that, that remember how it felt to lose that game last year and, and what it – and how it – the next few weeks transpired, obviously starting 0-5. Um, I think Penn State gets out ahead early and they go out and, and win a game, win the game 38, 14. I think they cover easily. Uh, you know, this, this game, I'm, I'm convinced that they're going to go out and, and really put on, put on a show. Um, and I don't think there's any look ahead to, to Iowa. I don't think that there's any looking over this opponent because of what happened last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, and I will say a little caveat here as well, as well, um, and I'm a little conservative on my score forecast because Franklin has a history of, of running up the score against teams that, you know, he perceives that there's some bad, bad blood against. Um, so okay. I wow. wouldn't be surprised to see, um, you know, the dogs not let off and uh, we'll, we'll see if, if they uh, continue taking shots down the field and, and keep their foot down um, and pedal to the metal against the Hoosiers Saturday night. Well, hopefully they don't take them out in the third quarter like they did last weekend. So. Yes, especially for those that have <laughs> had Penn State minus 29. But yeah, uh, we digress. We, we feel for you guys. Um, yeah. that's, and another segment here. Uh, I want you to give me Penn State's first touchdown score. Who do you think is going to score the first touchdown? Oh, um, I think Penn State drives down the field uh, early. And uh, I'm going to go Ty- Tyler Warren. I'm going to go get that little wildcat package going in there. And uh, 40, big 44 is going to use those hops of his to, to hop over the line and, and get into the end zone um, like we've seen him do a couple times this year. So I think a nice methodical drive early, a couple passes to Dotson, a couple passes to Brenton Strange, um, you know, get Seven Nation Army rolling a little bit with a few first downs strung together. And then Ty Wharton, Ty Warren gets in there and punches one in. Is it spooky season yet? It is October. It is spooky season. Garrett, why don't you um, tell our listeners what spooky season is and how it came about over the years? Yeah. Um, is this in relation to Auburn? It's in relation to Auburn. Yeah. It has nothing um, to do with the game this year, folks. Nothing no, nothing to do. To do. Spooky season is when we get into October. Um, East, and this all started with Auburn a few years ago where teams that are – and this is a great year for spooky season as well – Teams that have no business winning certain games, just doing wild stuff to win football games. Uh, if you remember a few years ago, Auburn had a, a kick return for a touchdown off a field goal to kick six against Alabama. Um, two deflected passes on a Hail Mary against Georgia on fourth and 18. They were kind of the founders of spooky season. Um, you know, next week, Penn State goes on the road at Iowa, Kinnick Stadium. It'll be the second half of the game will be at night. That's a spooky stadium to go play in. And then, um, you know, Alabama's going to have to travel to College Station in the middle of October at night. Things get a little get a little creepy here in, um, yeah, in, in October. It's, it's October and, Saturday. So, yeah, this is when um, this is when the football season really starts. And this is when you're going to see who can separate who from who. And so and this is a year that it's wide open right now. So you're going to see some weird things happen. Um, and I hope here, so. And give, let me give you something 
let me give you a little for the for the people back home listening. Spooky season starts Friday night, Iowa at Maryland. The Terrapins take down the Hawkeyes. Oh, that is a Friday night game. Yep. The Terrapins wow. beat Iowa Friday night. That's the that's we're gonna kick off spooky season with that. So all right. Um, well, uh well, I'm with you in terms of Penn State's prediction. I think yeah. it's a it's a great showing from the Nittany Lions. I have the score at 45-21. Like you said, I think mm-hmm. they that I mean it was a it was a sour loss. It's kicked off the five game losing streak for the Nittany Lions last year. It's in the back of their mind. Uh, they got screwed, but that's not to bring up the past. Uh, there's still definitive angles that show he was clearly not in, which I still don't get. But whatever. Um, you sound like you're dwelling on this a little bit. No, it's just the the Dak Prescott score. I don't know if you watched the Monday night game, but he's he is his elbow is on the goal line, so therefore the ball's over. And they they there's a photo of it and they anyways, they 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 didn't call it a touchdown, Garrett. But I think Penn State goes 45 21. Uh, my first touchdown, I'm gonna say it is Parker Washington from 55 yards. He's gonna run a drag and do that do that sweet thing where he ducks the linebacker and then beats the secondary to the end zone. And then Franklin tells the fellas to play zombie nation. Yeah, get, it, get, it going. get it going. Yeah, they yeah. got to get it rolling. I like that. I like that. Hey, way to, way to get a little, uh, a little Dak, you know, a little Dak yeah, love put in there. The to. Cowboys, they look good last night. Um, that, that was truly stunning um, that they upheld, that that call of him being short of the end zone. I'm not I really just, sure what we're looking at anymore. It. It's it's the Cowboys versus the world. That's it's always has been, always uh, will be. But yeah, well, that, that's for another discussion. Yeah, that's but we'll for see how day. it plays out Saturday. Garrett, thanks for joining. As always, yeah, Mike.